Hello and welcome to Extra Time on Manorama's weekly football podcast. I'm Arun George. And I, this is Karnan. And football is a great sport. Uh, it is, in fact, a great entertainment. But it is also, quite simply, a job. Some might even argue that it is a thankless job. In case you're wondering why we are having this random and uh, rather weird thought all of a sudden, it is the retirement of Gareth Bale at the age of 33 that has got us thinking on these lines. Yeah, it's quite strange because uh, we don't normally look at football that way. I mean, football is this uh, beautiful game. It uh, keeps giving us so many wonderful moments to cherish. We never get tired of talking about some of our special memories of football matches. And uh, we'll probably do that till we have memory of it. But then football also has this, if I can say, uh, the darker side, uh, this unforgiving side to it, where the game is not simply about the beautiful moments, it's business. Yeah, and uh, remember that famous monologue from the Godfather movie of the Al Pacino and Marlon Brando? No, it is not personal, it is business, I think that's what it was being said. But I don't think that applies to football. You know, when it comes to football, it is personal, and at the same time, it is also business. And Gareth Bale's career is probably the perfect example of the matter that we are discussing today. You know, personally, I think Gareth Bale is a modern-day football great. You know, but strangely, he is not widely regarded as one. He spent nine eventful years with Real Madrid, which many regard as the biggest football club in the world. You know, and when he joined them in 2013, I think it was for a then uh, record sum of uh, 132 million dollars. You know, which is a huge amount. You know, the first five six years was simply incredible for him. You know, he was so popular among the fans, and he won them what 19 trophies, including five Champions Leagues. You know, the La Decima, which they waited 12 years for that included, and then three La Liga titles. So, and he scored about over 100 goals. So, remember that goal he scored with the overhead kick in the 2018 Champions League final? Yeah. Yeah, and personally, I think that is probably the best goal ever scored in the Champions League final, you know. But then, all that, all those good things, you know, it always comes to an end, right? And in case of Gareth Bale, the relationship with Real Madrid turned sour in the final years, you know, when he had a falling out with the management, especially Zinedine Zidane when he was the head coach. And on his part too, you know, he made some unnecessary comments about the club. At one point, popular Spanish sports daily Marca labelled him as a parasite because he seemed uninterested in playing for Real Madrid, even when he was fully committed to play for his country, Wales. He was the captain of Wales. And uh, do you remember that, that one time when after Wales qualified for 2020 European Championship, Bale infamously sported a banner and read, Wales, golf, Madrid, in that order. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, his love for golf is so famous. No? In fact, it is said that during his last two years with Real Madrid, he spent more time playing golf than football, actually, you know, because the coaches didn't like him and he couldn't care less. You know, And the funny thing is, Bale won more trophies for Real Madrid than Zinedine Zidane. He scored more goals for them than Ronaldo the Brazilian. And in fact, he gave more assists for goals than uh, David Beckham. But while all the other players that we just mentioned, you know, Zidane, Ronaldo or uh, uh, Beckham, you know, when they are regarded as uh, Real Madrid legends or highly regarded by Real Madrid fans, you know, Bale is being booed each time he got out in the last time. So the whole point we are trying to make here is that the fact that Gareth Bale had been a phenomenal player for Real Madrid for many years and won them several trophies didn't matter much in the end. Because in his final years, the relationship had turned sour. So the question uh, then begs is that what is exactly that uh, football fans expect from a player? 
from the pool of players that they play for their club. I mean, uh, how is it possible that a player once called a hero suddenly becomes a villain? How does a messiah, if you can use that word, turn into a Judas in a few years? Now, we are not just talking about Gareth Bale anymore. Bale is a classic case, as you said. But this problem of fans turning against former players for one reason or the other is not new. In uh, most other jobs, people are entitled to their opinion. They can live the life of their choice. But when it comes to footballers, the moment they express the intention to play for another club or when they express a political opinion, that club thinks is not good for the business, they become a public enemy number one. Right. And Kanan, I think that's a very good point, especially because now the transfer market is open and it, it is time when players move from one club to another. I think that point becomes even more valid. Now, come to think of it, you know, if football was just like any other job, you know, it shouldn't be a problem for a player wanting to have a, a move to a, a new club, you know, just like an accountant uh, would uh, like to join a new company or an engineer or even a journalist would right i mean i mean there are many reasons a person would prefer to work for a new company you know it could be for more money or better career prospects you know family reasons or simply for peace of mind you know we never know i mean individual choices right you know but when all this seems normal widely accepted in any other line of work when it comes to footballers the whole narrative changes right i mean Kanan, I mean, i might be taking a dig at you here but as an arsenal you're an arsenal fan and you should know better i mean I've always had this debate with a few of my other friends who support Arsenal, you know. There are quite a number of former players of Arsenal, at least a section of Arsenal fans, you know, who call them as traitors, you know. A few names that come to my mind right now are Ashley Cole, you know, Samir Nasri, Robin Van Persie, Alexis Sanchez, you know. All these players became traitors or uh, became uh, unloved by the fans after they chose to join rival clubs. Probably not about Alexis Sanchez because he was already was on his way out and he was uh, he had shown his intention to not to play for Arsenal. Anyway, yeah, I agree with you. But I'm I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan and I find it very disturbing when they call somebody traitors just because they want to play for another club. This actually happened uh, with uh, Oxley Chamberlain when he wanted to play for Liverpool. Liverpool was in the ascendancy then, and right. uh, he wanted a, a Champions League. Oh, I mean. Arsenal was not. Arsenal was finishing fifth or seventh, even up to ten that year. But then in the table, I mean. So somebody wanting to uh, move up and wanting to have a confidence in his uh, name. What is wrong with that? But then uh, people started questioning him. People started making memes of him uh, missing a ball or spitting on their pitch. Quite funny. I don't know. Maybe it is. I saw this because I don't approve of Arsenal fans doing it. Maybe it. It would not be something unique to Arsenal. We can see fans reacting harshly on players across the world in several leagues. Yeah, definitely, yes. Right. Uh, because even uh, when football is simply a job, it is much more than that for fans, quite naturally, because they spend their time, they spend their money, and they spend their energy, they spend their passion. Sometimes these the loyalty is passed on from fathers and forefathers to, or from mother's side, or so they are completely invested in it. They, they probably also demand uh, loyalty. And there are also traditional rivalries between clubs. Right. As fans, you learn to love your club and hate your rival club. So when your favorite player decides to abandon you and join a rival club, it is not just an easy thing for an average fan to digest. Right. But then again, 
I think players should be free to decide on their future. And I, this loyalty is not just unique to football too. This happens in NBA too. When LeBron James was signed up for Cleveland Cavaliers and he played for nine, ten seasons, then he signed with Miami Heat, then he moved on. So every time he moved on from one club to another, fans actually burned his memorabilia and all because they mm-hmm. wanted the loyalty from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of extreme uh, uh, affection and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, extreme love-hate relationship, you can see. Right. So, like you said, you know, so it's, it's just probably not a unique phenomenon in football. You know, it happens across many different sports, you know, probably because football is the global sport and, you know, it's the one that's more rapidly followed, uh, probably. That's why we are, and we are discussing about it. Yeah. And one of the arguments made by the, the angry section of fans, you know, is that the players suddenly became so greedy so we know that the, the players already drew a hefty salary. You know, the, the weekly salary itself is so exorbitant. So that's a point that they make and it's valid on their part. And I think the classic case of that uh, wanting to more feeling, you know, is that infamous Luis Figo transfer from Barcelona to Real Madrid in 2000. You know, that was simply an unthinkable move at that point. You know, and Figo was the the world's best player at that time. And uh, of course, there's no need of reminding how uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid are these heavyweights in Europe who are also rivals. And so Figo's move was orchestrated by uh, Fiorentino Perez, who was running for the Real Madrid presidency at that time. Fiorentino Perez wanted to show, uh, prove his influence that, you know, showing, I mean, there was nothing bigger than drawing a, a huge player from a rival club, you know, and in this case, Figo it was. And he succeeded in it. And some of the names that Barcelona fans called uh, Luis Figo once he started playing for Real Madrid, you know, traitor, Judas, mercenary, you know, that, the situation was so volatile at the time. In fact, I remember that famous image of a pig head thrown at Figo when he turned up in Camp Nou, the Barcelona home ground with uh, Real Madrid. Oh, yes. That image actually symbolizes how fans can never tolerate the breach of loyalty that they demand from players. True. There are innumerable examples of over the years about such reactions from fans. Like, uh, remember that Wayne Rooney saga? When he was a young player with his boyhood club, Everton, there were rumours that he was going to join Manchester United. Yeah. But he dismissed the rumour saying, once blue, always a blue. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we know what happened later. Then uh, he went on and joined Manchester United. Anyway, and the next time uh, he came to Goodison Park, the home ground of Everton, unfurled a banner that read, once blue, now red, in our hearts. You're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and Michael Owen's case is also one that comes to my mind. You know, when he joined Manchester United, you know, fans of Liverpool, you know, they were so furious, you know, because he was a former Liverpool player. In fact, you know, they made uh, Michael Owen the player that he is. So they were so furious. And Carlos Tevez, of course, you know, when he joined across city, I mean, not across city, across uh, probably this, across the street. And so you know, he joined Manchester City from Manchester United. And uh, I remember uh, pictures flashed across, you know, agencies, you know, showing a huge billboard uh, that read, Welcome to Manchester, uh, with uh, Carlos Tevez in a blue <laughs> T-shirt. And that's that's something that infuriated a lot of Reds, Manchester United fans. 
And there are plenty of such examples, right? I mean, some of these club changes, you know, cause uh, these irreparable damages, like you just said about, uh, uh, earlier said about uh, how this traditional fan following, you know, you have uh, grandfathers and uh, great-grandfathers supporting your club. And so it runs in your family. So these damages are kind of irreparable, you know, everlasting damages. And for fans, for generations, don't forget or forgive. And I don't think Barcelona fans have uh, forgiven, let alone forgotten Figo, even though he's now retired and you know that move to Real Madrid the infamous move happened what 20 to 23 years ago in fact we saw most recently what happened with Cristiano Ronaldo and Manchester United right in his case he wasn't even going to join a rival club but he had become kind of a liability for the club and he talked against the manager that to one who openly supported Arsenal anyway and uh, he talked against the manager and and all that actually upset many fans now no one can take away the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo did great things for Manchester United, like uh, Gareth Bale did wonders with, at uh, Real Madrid. True. But sadly, they'll be remembered for how their love affair with the club ended, ended now, then how it began. That is probably, really, is the underbelly or probably the dark side of our beautiful game. True. I think on that note, we will wrap up this episode. Hope you have enjoyed it as much as we had making it. Extra Time is produced by me, Kannan, and Arun George with technical assistance from Idea Bros Solutions. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For more news, views, and explainers, follow on Madorama.com.